Thank you for tuning in to the Maximum Advisor podcast. If you're a growth-minded financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, you're in the right place. Your host, Chip Munn, brings tips and best practices based on his experiences and has guests from financial advisors to industry experts sharing wisdom with one another because we're better together. And now, Chip Munn. Welcome back to Maximum Advisor. I'm your host, Chip Munn, and today I'm going to talk about something that's really just a fascination of mine, something I've taken a real personal interest in, and that's PR and really spending time in the press. If you're like me, you're not in a position to necessarily hire a full-time PR firm. It just doesn't work with your budget. If you were going to email somebody, you wouldn't even know what to pitch in the first place. And especially the idea that, you know, at least from what I understand, folks uh, in the press get lots and lots of solicitations, don't know how to write something that would be interesting enough that, that folks would both open and read. And then in my case, I'm in a small market and there's not, you know, press folks, whether it is TV, newspaper, et cetera, they aren't just crawling all over the place and, and ringing my phone off the hook looking for me. And so being in a small market definitely, I think, can make a difference. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, someone whom I've personally worked with in the past, Sabina Hitchin. Sabina, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, Chip, and hello to everyone out there listening to us today. So, Sabina, uh, one of the things, you know, we met via our director of marketing, Bobby Atkins, and when she told me uh, about you, she said, you have to meet Sabina. She's literally like a New York City publicist. So, if you would, just kind of tell us a little bit about kind of your journey, what you're doing now, but also how you got there. Sure thing. Um, And I love that because I feel like, yes, I am a New York City publicist, but I'm also so different from them. So I'll tell you my story in brief. Um, I currently worked for over 13 years in the New York City area, though servicing businesses and press and media worldwide. I work as a publicist and I actually have owned a PR agency in the city for years. But what I spend most of my time doing right now, as you know, is educating businesses of all kinds on what publicity is, how to get publicity for their business themselves, how to put their expertise out there into their world, whether that's local or national. So I both work with private clients and also now educate people because like you said before, publicity is expensive. It's an investment. And beyond the financial investment that it is, also when you as you know, when you hire anybody out to do something for you, then they have those skills, those relationships, all the work. And when they leave or your relationship with them ends, you are back to square one. So I love teaching experts and business owners and authors and coaches of all kinds how to get publicity for themselves so that they always have that tool in their business tool belt. And just really quickly, I got here on a funny path and I love to share it briefly because I feel like a lot of us think when we're trying to put ourselves out there as an expert or a business owner or a financial advisor, whatever you are, sometimes we start questioning ourselves. Like, am I enough? Is my experience enough? Is my history too different than other people? And I, when I left college and I grew up in the Midwest, I went into education. So I taught high school. 
I did curriculum design for the Bill and Melinda Gates Charter School. So I worked a lot in education. Then when I decided to move to New York City for my New York City chapter, which I decided I needed as a small town Midwest girl, I moved out here to the city and I accidentally fell into public relations, fell in love with it, sort of like I think you're doing really quickly. It's such a powerful tool when you start to see what it can do for a business. And I ended up working in that field. So even in the beginning, I would have this imposter syndrome or analysis paralysis moment when I would be putting myself out there teaching or speaking about publicity because I thought my path to get here wasn't the same as a lot of other people's. So I just share that with your listeners. I feel like your path has been an interesting path. I read your book as well. So I feel like it's important to tell people however you started and got to what you are passionate about, what you are working in as a professional. It's okay to share that story and be yourself and realize you can still be an expert putting it out there in the world. So you mentioned imposter syndrome. That, that's one of the things that I have heard a lot from either young advisors that I work with or members of our Facebook group is how do I portray myself or how do I promote myself as an expert? So how would you describe imposter syndrome, Savina? I mean, it's, it's interesting because we all know that we're, I mean, I think it's hard to admit it, but let's say like, like if you're working in this business and you're passionate about it and you're experienced in it, you know, in some level deep down that you are good at this, you have information to share. It doesn't have to be like, because you have 50 years of experience, just like you have information to share more experience than others. But then once we start knowing that we're going to put it out there, I think that's when the voices inside our heads start saying like, well, who are you to put it out there? Why should you ask for that opportunity? Why should you try to put yourself, let's say, why should you try to reach out to your local news? Why should you be on a local community board? We start thinking we are not enough. And especially when we're talking about a, an expertise, whether it's financially based, medically based, whatever it is, but a serious expertise, then we start really questioning ourselves. And I think it often goes back to like, am I good enough for this opportunity? Is my expertise, is my point of view good enough? And so that happens. It often happens when we're about to have an opportunity that we've, we've wanted for a while, right? I think most people listening here want to be known. We want to put ourselves out there. But the moment those things start coming closer and closer to us, whether because we're learning the skills to put ourselves out there or because people are starting to pay attention to us and would like to ask us for our skills, we start thinking our skills are not good enough. And for me, that becomes a convert. Like there's so much, of course, work one can do to deal with that. But a lot of it also just goes back to me, A, shutting that voice down, like give them a name and shut that voice down. And then also reminding yourself of your skills, of your expertise, what you have to share, and then also preparing for it. Like if you are a financial advisor or expert and you want to talk about something you know you, you can speak to more than your average person who isn't in this field. And sometimes I write down the things I want to say. I write down the points I have to share. And then once I see that on paper, I know, okay, you do have something to share. You do have expertise. It's time to put it out there. But it's, it takes practice, right? I don't know anybody, celebrity, a world-class athlete, amazing dancer who doesn't in some way suffer from imposter syndrome or, you know, some kind of performance anxiety, but we just have to learn to cope with it because there aren't many other options. And I'm sure we'll get into this more, but whatever you're doing as a professional, you are not the only person doing it, right? So you need to find the inner strength and the muscles within you to put yourself out there, or you will be lost in the shuffle of all the other people doing what you're doing. I read a book 
I think it's called the alter ego effect, where it talked about Beyonce developing Sasha Fierce to be her person as far as that's her alter ego of how early on in her career she would go out and really use that as a, you know, the rejection isn't about me, it's about Sasha Fierce. And, and I think there are a lot of folks, if you haven't read that book, I talked about it one time in our Facebook group. It's a great book about getting over that. But the other thing I think for me is I heard of a concept one time called the curse of knowledge. And often we don't realize how much we know. And Sabina, you and I have had this conversation before offline when we were working together in the past that a lot of the things that we as financial advisors know, we assume other people know it because maybe we've done it for years or we just passed a really long, rigorous test on the material. The average person doesn't spend their day thinking about those kinds of things. And so Mm -hmm. I think some of that, for me, I think some of the imposter syndrome comes from that curse of knowledge that we just assume that everybody knows what it is that we know. And, And while Google sometimes may... Uh, allow them to think that it it is, you know, it's just different. And and I think it's a, it is that, that sales reluctance, I think even to some extent. So Sabina, when it comes to, uh, you know, for a financial advisor, why would you think that being able to get out and, and get PR, get press would be important? I mean, there's so many reasons, but the bottom line to me is basically going to be, you can be the best at what you do, like the best financial advisor, the best yoga instructor, the best investment banker, the best attorney. But if nobody knows you exist, that will only get you so far. So number one, that's hurting your business because you need to sell, you need to have customers. And as my mom, who was a service provider before she ran her own business, always taught me like, you don't just want the customers for now, right? You have to be future thinking. You want to consist, you don't want to all of a sudden dry up. So You need a large customer and community base and you have to be known to do that. And you have to not just be known, you have to be trusted, you have to be validated. And you standing outside or putting one of those inflatable things in front of your office, like waving people down is not enough. Me telling you I'm awesome at what I do is often not enough. So you need somebody outside of you, a third party endorsing you and teaching people to trust you and get to know you consistently, right? Not just one, you're not a one hit wonder. I don't hear that an attorney or a financial advisor or a doctor is good once and I'm like, I'm sold. Um, and even more so as a financial advisor, like people have to go to their doctor, right? They have to go to their accountant. They don't always have to, though they should go to a financial advisor. So again, you have to really show them who you are, be found, and also show them how you are the right choice for them. So on a business level, you need to do it because you need to be known. And then to me on just a, how do I serve the world kind of level, I always say to people, think about the service providers or the podcast hosts or the people you get professional information from, even personal support from that really matter to you, whether it's a photographer, a podcast, an author, a priest, I don't know, whatever it is, something religious. And if they didn't exist, how crummy, how less awesome your life would be, right? So you are that for somebody. You as a financial advisor have a great power to empower and change someone's life, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a confidence and mental security place. And so you owe it to those people to be able to find you. If they can't find you, they're missing out on your special sauce because not every financial advisor nor is every human the same. So again, you're not putting yourself out there. If people can't find you on a life level, they're missing out on you. And that's a bummer. It's your responsibility to help people find you and not just in traditional advertising ways when people know that you're paying for that airtime. Well, I definitely don't want people to miss out on me. 
So right? I don't either. I think you're awesome. <laughs> like honestly. Yeah, and and I know so many wonderful advisors that you're right. It, you know, I I heard somebody, I think it was Chris Ducker, uh, another podcast host, say you have to be seen to sell. And yeah. oftentimes I have to go to an event tonight, a community event. And, you know, you go through and you, you make your normal kind of small talk. But one of the things that I was thinking as, yeah, I thought about press uh, and, and the opportunities that we've had to be in, particularly in, in local publications, okay. because those are the things that people just see in your community, is that it gives people a reason not just to talk about you, but it gives them something to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. I saw you in the paper last week when you were working with that charity, or I saw your quote, and it, it gives you really fuel for conversations, not just didn't you see how you know how important I am that I got quoted in XYZ, but it gives people when you're in that awkward moment in a personal interaction, or at least I have them from time to time, mm-hmm. it gives that person uh, something who, if they've seen it, an opportunity or if they heard about it to mention it to you that that allows you to have a a small business conversation about whatever that topic was about it's so true and also everybody loves an as seen in or as seen on moment like when we see somebody in our industry or our community in the press or sharing themselves like oh there i am in forbes or fast company or the Huffington Post or whatever, or local publicity, it gives them a chance to celebrate you. People at their core, I believe, are good, right? And I believe that people love celebrating people in their community or in their industry. And so people want to be excited and get behind you as you're getting publicity. And it's interesting because you mentioned your local press, which I think is so powerful, especially for service providers. But what I'd like everybody who's listening to us to do is remember that if you can draw a small circle, you can draw a big circle, which is one of my big beliefs in business. So if you can get comfortable putting yourself out there publicity-wise, sharing your expertise publicity-wise to the press on a local level, you can just as, I mean, I don't want to say easily, I think saying anything is easy is a lie, but you can just as fluidly share that on a national level. If you have some expert tips, let's say, on how to help people prepare to make 2020 their best financial year yet, fingers crossed. If they can do that, and you can share those tips with your local newspaper, you can share those tips with the national press as well. It's the same, they're all people putting their pants on the same way. They're just working for different offices. So I want to remember as you're thinking, okay, the more Chip and Sabina are talking, the more I'm getting jazzed and excited about dabbling with publicity, dipping my foot in. Don't limit yourself though it's super powerful and I would encourage it to go local, but also don't limit your dreams. If you are saying, gosh, I'd love to be giving tips on entrepreneur.com or, you know, in a USA Today investing or financial advisor article or the street or wherever it is that gets you excited, don't count yourself out of that. I think it really is the same rules apply to local as they do to national, just on a bigger level. Well, I made a note, if you can draw a big or a small circle, you can draw a big circle. And I think that's just, you mentioned it being a business philosophy. I think it's a life 
philosophy. You know, I mean, I'm married above my head. And so, I mean, if you can draw a, a small circle, you can you know, go big or go home. And, and I, I think that woman who's a good woman, <laughs> you know, why not? I, and, and I think that that is, though, going back to that imposter syndrome, I think yeah. that's a great mindset for us to take away is I told you, I think one of the first times that, that we talked and I haven't made it yet, but that you know, one of my PR goals would be someday I'm going to meet Michael Strahan and talk on one yes. of these now seven shows that he seems to be on. I see that all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. pe- people, you, well, you can't do anything that you don't set out with the intention to do. You know, life just doesn't happen to us. And that's true in, in PR. It's true in, in sales. And a lot of the advisors, particularly younger advisors that I talk to, again, that that's a big, that mindset, I think, Yes, I'm big on mindsets, and I think that's a big takeaway. If you can draw a small circle, you can draw a big circle. And for us, as we're developing these concepts of PR, of how to get it, a good idea is a good idea. I don't care who you are or where you're from. And expertise, good expertise, like what your listeners have if you're a financial advisor or any kind of service providers, your currency in the publicity world of exchanging and back scratching and everything is your expertise. And it's really needed. Like people need to know how to handle their money. It's not something like, oh, maybe we need this. This is necessary stuff. And it's consistently in the press. And so you know, there's a need for what you have and you know, you have that expertise. So sometimes knowing that can make us feel a little bit better as we're getting used to the idea that we need to put ourselves out there, but people need this information. Like there's no wondering if that's the truth. They definitely need this information. And there's a large world of people who need it, both the business press and also the consumer press. Whether you're reading a Marie Claire or Glamour, there's going to be conversations for women about money and financial advising. Whether you're reading the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, where you're looking at your local press talking about like money, there's a place for it everywhere. So you who are listening, there is a need for you and your expertise and your authority on the subjects that you are speaking on. And the rest of us don't know this information. So we're, we're waiting for you to come forth with it. When you think about kind of all these different issues and, and you've, you've worked with financial advisors, all sorts of, of businesses, when you look at folks who are really trying to get themselves out there, what, what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen? Areas where you would, um, you would avoid or things that you would try to prevent you know, yourself from doing? So to me, there are four big pitfalls, like no-nos. And the first one would be you begin working without a plan. And I'm just like you all in your world, like planning this, like what you're doing is helping people create a plan. You can't get anywhere in life, whether it's a road trip, whether it's financially, whether it's publicity-wise, without a plan. And I feel like the minute I say that, people are like, oh, click, boring, turn that down, mute it, or that sounds like too much work already. But really, we can make a very simple plan, but you don't accomplish anything, whether it's you know weight loss or saving money, if you don't have a plan. So even if it's a very rudimentary, basic plan of like, you know, my goal is to be known locally as a go-to financial expert, or my goal is to build my brand, my personal brand as a financial expert who's quoted in the national press as well. Because again, these are circles. The person on the, on the receiving end of your email, when you're pitching national press, just a little sneak peek doesn't know if you are sitting in an office in North Carolina, if you are sitting in your closet hiding from your kids who are making a noise, noise, or if you are in a huge office in Manhattan, like they don't care. They just want the information, right? So 
but you need a plan to get there. So number one, you have to have some kind of plan that holds you accountable saying this month, I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z to build my publicity plan. So number one, no plan. Number two, no research. When I say that, and again, you probably do similar things in your industry, but if you want to get local publicity, you must be a student of the press you seek. In other words, you can't say, I really want to share for the hot, like upcoming holiday season, some tips on something seasonal and high value and from my expertise. So I really want TV locally. But then you tell me, I don't know any of the local news stations. I don't know how they deliver their news. I don't know within my local NBC what shows happen during the day because, you know, what's happening at 12 noon is different than what's happening at 6. So you got to do your research. If you want, if your dream is to be on a certain show or on a certain website, you need to crack those websites open. Look at the shows, even online, if you're busy during the day, all their videos are on their websites and get to know how they deliver their content. Get to know how experts like you appear so that when you eventually reach out, you have some kind of understanding in how this media outlet works. So doing the research is a big obstacle. And again, I think people think, well, I don't have time like that. Well, you have time to scroll through Instagram and Facebook for hours on end. You have time to crack open a magazine or a website or a newspaper and spend a little time working it. It's funny. I am very active on Instagram. And just yesterday, I posted a video of myself at about 5.45 or 6 in the morning. I'm a big early riser. I love mornings. And But I get up early, so before my baby gets up and my dogs and my husband, I can read magazines not just because I like magazines, but because I want to look at the content, look at it like a detective, a PR detective. So again, no plan, no research. The third no-no, my friends, is no relationship building. And again, that is like basic human nature. People help people they know and like, right? And it's an internet-based world. You can be known and liked from anywhere in the world and still work with the media. So again, if you're thinking, you know what, Sabina, you've got me inspired, you got me jazzed, I would like to start courting, I don't know, you know, good housekeeping to reach out to women and give financial tips to women. I really want to reach out to my local press and try to pitch them a monthly financial, one financial tip a month that you need to know kind of TV segment. Then you need to start relationship building. Figure out who works at these magazines or these dot-coms or these newspapers or these TV shows where you desire to be and start relationship building. And to me, that means on the most basic level, connecting with them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, wherever they're active. Most reporters are on Instagram or Twitter for sure from local and national places. So you're just starting to relationship build. And again, that is not me saying, I want you to spend hours doing this. It means writing, like being a normal human, right? Like writing comments on their posts, engaging in their stories, tweeting with them. If you are not on social media and that's your world, not your world, A, consider it, but B, then you write something like if you read an article that you think a reporter in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or Fast Company or entrepreneur did that was fantastic, who uses sources like you, then you write them an email saying, hey, I love that article you did on the biggest financial mistakes most families are making without knowing it. I'm actually a financial advising expert. I have, if you ever need anyone to weigh in, please reach out to me. Again, relationship, relationship building. So those are three big ones that people tend to avoid, which actually makes their work so much harder because those are the, those are like the easy buttons in PR, planning, research, and relationship building. And the last thing I would say, and again, this is a no brainer of anything you want to accomplish, but um, consistency 
is key. Uh, consistency and persistency are key in publicity. So, you you know, PR is competitive, but to me, it's vital to a business. But you can't send out a few emails, not get responses, and wonder why it's not working for you. Because if all of us desiring and seeking publicity could get publicity off of one email, you know, we'd all be hanging out with Michael Strahan at a club in New York or wherever else he is, or we'd all be like sitting super soul chatting with Oprah. It's not that easy. So you have to be consistent. I have had clients who've had to show up in the inbox of reporters for months before some action happens, but that is how it goes. Consistency is key. And I see that Sometimes the biggest failures in anything someone wants to accomplish is they quit too soon, right? So you're trying to lose weight, you're training for a marathon, you are whatever you're doing, you're trying to land a deal and you quit too soon. So PR is also about consistently because just like the more you show up in front of people, they get excited about you. The more you show up in front of the press, reminding them of your value and how you can make their lives easier and service their audience, their viewers, their readers, the more they're going to start acknowledging you and recognizing you. But if you send two emails and you're like, well, forget it, this didn't work. You know, that's your, that's your big fail on your own end then. So I'm sure that like me, a, a lot of folks don't want to seem creepy, mm -hmm. but is it fair to say though, that when, if, if we've done our research and so for example, and help me if I'm, I'm thinking about this incorrectly, but I go to entrepreneur.com. I've never done that before, but I go and I, somewhere on the site, there's a list of who the writers are or who the editor is and definitely on each individual article. So that's where I get a name. I source a name that way. And then from what you're saying, I go to a Twitter or Instagram, I think there's probably a fear of being a little bit weird because we, we don't know these people and here I am now. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Sabina. I mean, they're putting it out there for a reason. Most people put information on social media for other people to see it. So the fact that you saw it and interacted with it just means that what they were doing worked, right? Yes, 100%. First of all, like, there is, I think it's super hard when you're not in it in terms of like, you're not spending a lot of time. For me, I've spent years in the PR industry, so it feels less awkward. I, I see it now as like, this is just business, right? This is, no one in the press even has time to like overthink you or get emotional about it. This is just business. And so they need you like you need them. Other, if they have no sources or no experts or no stories, then they have no content. You don't turn on the TV and all of a sudden it's a blank screen for three hours. And internet websites have to refresh sometimes hourly. So there's a huge need for people like you, especially again, when here's the, here's the awesome thing about being a service provider. Like if you're a handbag, you're a handbag business, you're trying to sell a handbag all the time. There's only so many ways you can sell a handbag. It is what it is. It's a red handbag or something. And also everything you're doing sort of feels like a commercial for your handbag because it is. Publicity is like free commercials. But when you're an expert or a financial advisor, again, you're just selling your expertise and your advice. And by doing that, it begins to elevate you and your business just because of that starts being known. So again, you have less to fear because you're not trying to sell anything besides value that you are providing them. So to me, I always, when I teach my students or experts who come to me for PR advice, one thing I give them is my, this lesson I call the three P's, which to me is created to like allay their, like quelch their fears and give them the bravery they need to press send on an email instead of hovering around send for 45 minutes. That's a waste of everyone's time. So I say to myself, 
am I being professional? And professional means I'm not pitching financial advisor advice to a woman who covers eyeshadow and like beauty. So I, I'm looking at the people, like let's say you're talking about Entrepreneur Magazine. Let's say you aspire to give some tips to entrepreneurs who it's like a different world. Like you have limited funds. Sometimes if you're an entrepreneur, you still want to be financially sound. So what are the ways I as an entrepreneur can be a rock star financially in 2020? So you want to pitch this to Entrepreneur Magazine. The first step, of course, is you research. You go to Entrepreneur or Entrepreneur.com. You say, you type in things like financial tips and you look at who's writing about it. Or you look at Entrepreneur Magazine and you say, okay, these are the people who cover my area. So you'd be your professional by reaching out to the right person. And then the second P is you're being polite. And again, you think that sounds like a no-brainer, but as somebody who has worked in PR for years and whose husband has been a journalist his entire life, including our entire marriage. So I see the emails he gets. When we are on road trips, I read his emails to him while he drives. Politeness is a rarity sometimes because everyone's in a hurry. People, you know, some people are lazy, some people are busy. So thinking that everyone's polite is a fallacy. So then if you can be polite, you introduce yourself. You don't just start an email vomiting out what you want. You have a nice organized request or offer in terms of your expertise. If you're polite, again, there's no need to worry. And then the final thing is you're being persistent. So those three P's of professional, polite, and persistent. If you know you're doing that, you can tell those fears of pressing send or being annoying, like, go home, sit down, because you're simply not. And the same thing on social media, it can feel sort of weird in the beginning to put yourself out there and start communicating with people. But it's very much to me, one of those things that the more you do it, the less awkward it feels. And just proof positive, because I've done this for, again, I'd say almost 15 years now of teaching and doing publicity is every person feels this way in the beginning. PR is hard at the beginning because it's awkward, it's new, it feels like there's so much writing on every email, which just isn't the truth, guys. Like, it just press send. It's all right. We just freeze about it. But the more you do it, you see it as just another business skill and a business tool. You see these interchanges as just normal. Like, they've got to get your emails. They know it. You've got to send the emails. They get it. So, and then the more you relationship build, like, even following a member of the press on social media, let's say Instagram, they start to feel more human to you because you see them maybe at a pumpkin patch with their kids on the weekend. You see what their desk looks like when they post a photo from the desk and you're like, oh my gosh, they're really cluttered too. Or you see them doing something else. So the more you're engaging with them on social media, not only are they getting to know you as a human and that personal connection is going to help you and your business relationship with them, but also it's going to make you less afraid to reach out to them because you're like, oh my gosh, he's just a totally normal person just like me who happens to be the financial expert, you know, editor at Entrepreneur Magazine or something like that. So lesson is that reporters are people too. Oh my gosh, I used to do this lesson in one of my courses that I don't, I'm guessing you have not, Chip, but some of your listeners uh, may have uh, like cracked open a celebrity magazine before and they have a section in one of these magazines, I think it's like In Touch or something that says, the stars, they're just like us, right? They pump gas, they get groceries, they carry their children, they show photos of celebrities doing normal things. But I always say like the press, they're just like us because they do. They're just normal people, but their job happens to be creating content, right? And your job is to give them content to create. Yeah, I, I saw this morning a segment on one of the morning shows about 
Princess Meghan and Prince Harry having trouble kind of keeping it together right now. And it's kind of like, well, duh, they have a little baby. I, I mean, uh, hey, people get tired and, and depressed and sad sometimes when when you're not getting any sleep and, and when all those things are going on. And, and so it's just interesting. I think you make a great point. People are people. And you know, they, again, good lesson for me. Their job is to create content. Our job is, if we want to be featured or interviewed, is to give them content, uh, is to help them do their job. So, Sabina, I know that you and I could probably talk for another hour, and, and I'll <laughs> gladly have you back again anytime. But I do want to take just a minute to, to touch on a couple of questions from the field. So yeah. in our Facebook group this morning, I, I let folks know that I was going to be speaking to somebody about PR and press. And so I wanted to, to see if I could get your your take on a couple of, of questions that we got from the group. So the, the first one is this. It'd be good to know, or, or what would your strategies be for cutting through all the noise today? It seems like there are so many different things and companies competing for uh, attention, whether it's with the consumers or with the press. What do you suggest to break through those channels and get traction, whether it's something that we could do or something that you see that other companies aren't doing? Yes. Yeah, so every industry has that moment, whether again, you're a jewelry designer, even myself as a publicity expert and educator, there are people doing what I'm doing. And that's, it's great. Like entrepreneurship and business and social media have opened up the floodgates to a lot of people doing what we're all doing. So cheers to us that we're all needed, but we want to be the one who's needed most. So if you're trying to cut through that noise, a few tips I have for you. Number one is to make sure that you know very much like who you are as a financial advisor and how you stand out. Like you have to have some kind of one sentence elevator pitch about yourself because I know you are not all cookie cutters. So what is it? Is it you niche down and like your expertise is women uh, who are the heads of their family? Or is it you specialize in retirees? Or if you don't have a specialization that way, like what is it about your personality and the way you do business that stands out? So number one, you need to have like a one sentence, this is who I am, because that needs to be consistent across every part of your brand from everyone knows who, that is the person you are in your office to the school pickup line to your Instagram. You are the same brand and the same like one sentence, this is who I am. So people start memorizing that. So when the press introduce you, let's say on a TV show, they're like, this is Carol. She is known for X, Y, Z. Like people start learning who you are because the great thing about publicity is you can tell the press how to introduce you, whether on a radio show or a podcast or a TV show or a magazine. So they're going to help confirm that one sentence introduction repeatedly once you start getting publicity. So decide who you are in one sentence and make it clear. And then the other two strategies I'd say for cutting through the noise are similar to what I said before, but here's the thing. People will not relationship build. They just will not. I've done this for, you know, almost 15 years. I see the same problems every time. People are too quote unquote busy. And I feel like busy is just like you choose what you value your time with. So people choose not to value relationship building. I feel like you are in an industry that relies on relationships. So if you want to cut through the noise, you start relationship building with the reporters and the people you want to work with. They're not hidden. It's very easy to find somebody's information these days, whether on LinkedIn or doing a little research online. So you, you will cut through the noise by being somebody they know. So you're going to connect with them on social media. You're going to write them emails. One of my power plays as a publicist that I now teach entrepreneurs and 
and experts like all of you business people is the fastest way I start a relationship is I email directly to a member of the press. But instead of asking for something like put me on air or listen to my story, I instead compliment them on something specific. Like I really loved that story you did on the new age of retirement. Is it really in its thirties? Or I love that story you did on how women are saving differently than men. And I give a specific on why I loved it. And that is always like, it's like moving me up the food chain a little bit higher. And then I follow that with just back and forth, whether I'm complimenting them on Twitter or on social, like some other platform. So that relationship building will help you cut through the clutter. And the last thing I would say is in terms of consistency, if you're serious, like you're like, I want my name out there in the press, then I would say in order to allow yourself to cut through that clutter, you're going to have to be consistently showing up because the people in the clutter show up once or twice and then they go away, right? That's human nature. So I would say it's October 20 something right now. I don't know. I'm a new mom. It's all the same. Um, so it's October, let's say 22nd right now. I would say to you, whoever asked that question and all of you, think of some kind of high value tips or expert advice that you could share once a month. So November, December, January with your desired press, and you're going to consistently stick to that every single month because all of a sudden you're showing up every month with something because really cutting through the clutter is relationships and consistency. There's no other secret pass because even publicists, our job is to like cut through the clutter and beat down a reporter's door via email or phone calls until they answer us. And we struggle with that. And the way we get through it, why people pay us the money is because we have relationships and we're aggressive. So you sort of have to become your own best publicist to do that. Okay. Um, yeah, that, no question. Because you are the leader of this group. You are very good. Like if they, beyond me, who I'd love to give advice on this, also your wonderful leader, Chip, like Chip, you know how to create expert tips. I've seen you do it when we work together. You are a tip machine. So if when people can do that and show up consistently one to two times a month, then you're cutting through the noise because we know what human nature is like. We struggle to do things consistently. It's just how it is. So when you do things differently by being consistent and caring about relationships, they're going to know you as opposed to the other people who are just inconsistent or don't care about relationship building. Well, my theory on content creation in general is, yeah, we all have, as advisors, we have questions that we get asked every day. And some of them, over time, they repeat themselves enough that you you know the answer right off. And, and so making a list, I keep a list and do a mind map of questions that people ask me. And yeah. then it, it's a real simple content creation formula is just to answer questions or come up with bullet points that are answers to questions that people are, are already asking. And so one of the things that I'm going to take as a takeaway is then to take those and, and share them with some contacts. I mean, say, hey, here's a question I get asked a lot. Yes. Here are some bullet pointed answers. If you ever want to talk about it, let me know. I, it's a, yes. I think that, and I, I'll say it, and I married a reporter, so, <laughs> but reporters are people too. Yes. Like it, it's, it's okay to just tell them things and say, hey, if you want to, if you ever want to talk about it, let me know. And what I'm hearing you say is to take that and take it a step further and be proactive and consistent about it certainly increases the likelihood of, you know, cutting through the clutter and, and getting people's attention. So follow up question, and, and I think that this is important for our audience, is, you know, we're in a trust business. Yes. Yeah, I've made the joke that you know, money isn't life or death, but if you don't have enough of it, 
sometimes you you question your choice. Uh, And we're in a business where it takes a lot for someone to say, I'm never going to work again. Here's all the money I have in the world. Please make sure I have enough to spend uh, for the rest of my life. It's a big, so trust is a huge thing for us. How could we best communicate trustworthiness to perspective, either perspective reporters or via uh, those vehicles, prospective clients who maybe have had a bad experience with financial professionals in the past and, and are a little bit skeptical? So great. That's such a great question. And you're right. Some industries, publicity is very similar. People have been burned by a publicist in the past. And so they're not eager to repeat that. We've all been there. So to me, yeah, trust is essential. And to me, trust is earned through personal connection. And again, with the press as well, right? And validating. So things I would do, um, first of all, don't get frustrated. I've, I've heard so many times from people who have then eventually come to work with me, like, I just don't trust publicists anymore. I was burned by a publicist. Oh my gosh. So they need to get to know me, right? Because I'm different than other publicists, but me just saying that isn't going to sell anybody. So one thing I like to do is make sure that I am just consistently working on being known both as an expert and then who I am as a person, which can be scary because I think old school business was like, you know, we, we hide in these towers of business owners. We have like, we are like, wear our suits and have our meetings and nobody knows what happens behind those closed doors. But times have changed. It's a very open world. And so what I would say is you need to, in multiple places, be known and seen by them. And in those places, you are sharing both your expertise consistently. So they're like, wow, this chip really knows what he's talking about. I love his answers. I love his energy. So they're, they're seeing you as an expert, but they're also seeing you as a person. And I feel like you, the more, and you can control, you don't tell them everything. Like you don't have to discuss the fight you had with your partner the night before or something or like how whatever happened. But the more you can share controlled personal pieces of your life, again, that's creating trust and connection. Because of course, in an ideal world, you're shaking hands and you're high-fiving them and you're at community events, which I think is essential. Like people need to see you in person, participating in the community that you want to serve, whether that's digital, whether that is local, like you find your community and you show up in it, that's essential. But also showing up in the different places that people can find you in other ways. So to me, I look at marketing and branding myself as like a stew. And so you don't have like a one ingredient stew, like water and salt do not give you a stew. A stew is filled with all kinds of good stuff. So in your brand building and PR and marketing stew, that's going to create trust and people who want to be part of your world, you are showing up, sharing your expertise and who you are as a human, sharing bits and pieces of your life, being authentic in many different places. So it means you have that going on your social media. It means you have your PR going that way. For some of you, that might be a newsletter. It might be a blog. It might be a podcast. Like it's all these different pieces working together to share your expertise and to share who you are as a human. And it's happening consistently. And for all of you, it means something different because everyone has different bandwidth. Some of you might not be using some social media. Some of you may, but for instance, for me, I am a well-liked and well-trusted publicity expert because not just because I am sharing my expertise on my blog, in my newsletter, like different in the press consistently. So they see I'm an expert and I'm sharing my expertise regularly. But I'm also like on social media, sharing my expertise. I'm sharing tips on my Instagram. So I'm doing that in all these different places. So they start saying, okay, she's really an expert. 
But then I seal the deal by being a human to them and letting them get to know me as a human. Because when we get to know somebody, we start finding personal connections. We might have gone to a similar college. Maybe we both are vegans. I'm not a vegan. I'm just saying it. Um, Maybe our kids, you know, whatever it is, we're both moms. And so they start trusting me in that way. So the more you can share that you are a human and share parts of your life, which to me happens really well for me on my blog and on Instagram and on Insta stories, the more people see me, the more they trust me, the more they like me, the more they come and choose to work with me, really, because there's a choice that your customers need to make. And there are a lot of people who can talk about expertise and put their expertise out there. But to me, what's going to seal the deal for you is they're going to want to choose you as a human. And so you need to find ways to let people get to know you as a human. And that really helps bring them over to you. You mentioned prior to uh, us turning on the record button, having seen, you know, we worked together nine months or a year ago. And as part of that, we became friends on social media. And just as we started our pre-show conversation, you mentioned having seen a picture of my family and I at at an event. And it it just really, I can't, I I think that that just nailed it as far as if you want to be considered to be trustworthy, show them that you're not only are you an expert, but that you're a real person. And I think that's just fantastic. So Sabina, I know that in addition to listening to all these tips, if our listeners are like me, one of the things at some point that you run into is you say, gosh, I can't hire a full-time PR firm, but I sure, I don't know what I'm doing. This has been great, and I've got an idea, and I need to have a plan, and I need to be persistent, and I have to do research, but I don't know what to do or how to do it. It's a great, it's just enough to kind of get me as a nine quick star on the Colby. It's just enough to kind of make me want that you've pulled the string for our listeners who again, who maybe who can't, if they have questions, how could folks get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out and ask more questions? You got it. So there's a few quick and easy ways to do it. And I agree. I think that the, the reason I do what I do, which beyond the private work, which is, is expensive, the reason I offer other ways to learn about PRs, I, I feel the same thing. You need, even if you're going to do it on your own, you need some support or you're wasting time and time is money, like doing it the wrong way. So you need a little bit of a boost. So I do things in a few different ways. Number one, you can always find me on email, sabina at sabinanose.com. And also my Instagram is at sabinanose. And I'm very active in those places. I message, I give tips. So those are some quick and easy ways to do it. And then also we have an online education space they can find at pressforsuccess.com. Press as in, you know, the media, but people love to think of pressing a button. But it is like, it's a very easy education membership space where we give really quick and easy ways to learn how to do PR. We have interviews with the press. We have PR opportunities flowing in it. Like all the ways you need to be supported to do publicity on your own, but not feel all alone in it. We even do live office hours every week where people bring their own personal PR questions and we answer them on camera. So we created a space basically as an answer to what you're saying. It's really expensive to hire a publicist like thousands of dollars a month. You have to have them on staff for six months to a year to make a big impact. And though I think that's an an amazing thing to do, it's just not viable for most smaller businesses. So we created the Press for Success community and all the education we create there to give people something in between where they're not alone, but they're not spending thousands on a publicist. And we have success stories basically every day. So it's a great place to be. And 
I encourage them to check it out, but also just come find me on social media, ask me questions there, learn from me there and get to know me as a human, right? That's what we're all trying to do. No doubt. And so one of the things that I really took from this conversation was the importance of really treating the members of the press, the folks that we'd like to get to know in a lot of ways, in the same way that we would as a client, be professional, be polite, be persistent, the same things. Yeah. And I I thought when Sabina, when you were talking about being polite, I had a mentor one time that said, be on time, do what you say you'll do and say please and thank you. And I, I think that if we'll remember as advisors, as experts, if you will, that the press, the folks that we would want to really have these conversations with, they're, they're people too. And if we'll just treat them like that, then you know we can, over time, build relationships and find success. Now, if you're listening today and you would like to get to know me as an expert and as a person, we can definitely connect on social media, but you can also join us in our Facebook group. As you heard earlier, some of the questions that I asked Sabina came from our group this morning, and we'd love to have you join us. Just uh, search Maximum Advisor on Facebook, and we'd love to have you join us there. Sabina, I just want to say thank you for investing your time with us. It's been amazing. Uh, It's been just uh, full of things that I think we can take out today and and start using. So thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you to all of you who are listening because it is, we're all busy. And I always admire when people take the time to invest in themselves and their business, because that is how you propel it forward. So I'm glad everyone is here. And thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. Well, well, we'll definitely have you back again for another episode. And folks, we'll be back again at you real soon. Hope that you'll have a great week and we'll be back again next week. Bye, guys. Talk to you soon. To download what we believe is the single most important marketing, selling, and positioning tool for your practice, go to MaximumAdvisor.com slash scorecard now. Subscribe to this show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at MaximumAdvisor.com.